the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Corner 3 Fast Break, as it is time to preview the Indiana Pacers coming straight out of the Conseco Fieldhouse. Tim Daniel here, excited for another excellent fast break with the Hoops hype man himself, Alex Derrickson. Indianapolis looks like Gotham when it rains sometimes. Yeah, that's a good point. It really does. (laughs) And our Hoops historian, Mr. Sean Mackey. What's going on, everyone? Hey, man, glad to have you here. And ladies and gentlemen, to talk to Pacers, we had to bring in from IndianaCornrows.com, none other than Tom Lewis. Tom, thank you so much for talking some Pacers basketball with us. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. So, Tom, before the interview starts, go ahead and tell us a little bit about, you know, you, where you started being a Pacers fan. Um, tell us a little about your, you know, the websites you work for, and then we'll get the interview started from there once you're done, man. Oh, that sounds good. Um, I um, started... Uh, into cornrows uh, about 10 years ago. I'm pretty ancient um, on the NBA blogger front. Um, actually started the site up the night that Stephen Jackson, Jamal Tinsley, and friends were shooting up a uh, strip club downtown um, <laughs> on the, I think it was the second day of training camp. So uh, <laughs> uh, they've been providing me content ever since. So um <laughs> Uh, it's it's been a, a wild up and down ride with a lot of uh, interesting <laughs> stories to say the least from that crew. Um, and really, I'm I'm a transplant to uh, Indiana. I grew up uh, out in Washington State. Always a huge NBA fan and, and, a, and a big Sonics fan. Um, and always, for some reason, loved the Pacers um, as well. And um, really was a big Reggie Miller fan when he was at UCLA. Um, that was right before the three-point shot, and he would always just shoot bombs, um, which which I loved. I'm a gunner at heart, so um, uh, I always followed him. And then, and then you know, naturally, my um, my wife is from Indiana, and we moved here, and and uh, I've been following the team really closely ever since. So, Tom. I'm going to ask the important question I think is going to be on, on all three of our minds. Maybe yours, maybe you just haven't had anyone to ask it to or anything. But who do we need to write or talk to or tweet so we can get a Indiana Pacers Christmas Day game at Canseco Fieldhouse so Raheem <laughs> Christmas can play on Christmas? I mean, is it obvious? What are they thinking? <laughs> it's, that is a marketing dream. Where is this? Where is, mean, where is NBA where Christmas on Christmas happens? I know. <laughs> Christmas squared. I mean, who doesn't want more Christmas? It's preposterous, I, I say. They need, of course. Adam Silver needs to be voted. Needs to be visited from the ghost of Christmas's past, and <laughs> we can just go Christmasception on this thing and just throw this whole joke out the window. You gotta go for it. Of course, uh, they might have to show uh, the game in Fort Wayne because I'm not sure if he's going to be up there or not. <laughs> oh, yeah. <sighs> All right, so this is uh, Sean's hey, What's going theory. on, Tom? Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Do you want to go? No, no, I was saying go ahead because I, I know you've got your your list of Pacers facts. <laughs> I do. I do. Very fun. Uh, so, Tom, Paul George, he comes back after his uh, uh, grotesque injury. Uh, he plays 81 games last year, leads the team in scoring, comes in second 
Raikkonen rebounds third, and Sky is the full package. Um, the team is reloaded this way this year. Like, and there's a lot of teams that reloaded, but I don't think any of them reloaded quite as well as the Indiana Pacers have. And um, how is this team going to be on the floor this year? Well, yeah, it, it is a, a huge change. Really, I guess it's kind of a two-year process. They um, completely started over basically after the the David West, Lance Stevenson, Roy Hibbert and now George Hill crew, um, they've all rolled out of Indy and, and left Paul George um, with a new team, basically, to lead. Um, fortunately, he's a completely <laughs> different player than he was with those guys. His, his game has matured as, as well as his um, kind of leadership ability with the team. And they brought in a lot of vets um, to help support him um, with, with Al Jefferson and Thaddeus Young, uh, even Aaron Brooks coming off the bench. And then, you know, they had Rodney Stuckey and Monte Ellis. So they got a lot of kind of old heads on the team. Um, and I don't know if they have all the right pieces um, in place this year. They really um, might struggle with, with outside shooting. Um, you don't know, you know... One other thing is they're really relying heavily on a big year from Miles Turner, uh, and he is immensely talented. Um, speaking of old heads, he, he seems to have an old head, but he's only 20. <laughs> so expecting a major um, contribution or for him to be like a, you know, the second key player on a team at 20 um, is, is asking a lot. So, um, But again, I think that's another reason why they brought in all those veteran players um, to, you know, to fortify the, the playing rotation. Um, but I would expect them, you know, with Jeff Teague, you know, playing a, a real true point guard last year, really Monte Ellis played more point than George Hill um, as, as far as handling the ball, pick and rolls, that type of thing. Um, I think Teague will be able to run the team better um, and create more opportunities and you know I, I think there's a, a chance that they can you know take a step forward and, and be more of a middle of the east to the upper part of the east team um, that you know could at least win a playoff series uh, and then you know once they get in the playoffs they start having some success they have these you know veteran players um, you never know yeah uh, you know it I'm glad Jeff Teague is there now because, you know, like you said, Monte Ellis was kind of handling the ball a little bit. Uh, he had kind of a statistical drop off, and now he'll be able to kind of, you know, cut and shoot the ball pretty best, which is score. So I think that's really going to help them a lot. Uh, like you said before, I want to ask Miles Turner, but you kind of hit on that. Um, he had a really successful rookie season. Ever five? Uh, it, I mean, it wasn't like a loud performance or anything he wasn't you know but he was solid as a rookie and I don't think people are talking enough about him yeah I mean you know he had a, a thumb injury um early in the year before you know before the uh new year yeah which kept him out about a month which I think ended up being kind of a blessing in disguise he came into camp there, there were some potential issues with the knee and, and, you know, obviously just 
figuring out life in the NBA as a 19-year-old. So I think, you know, that, that forced time um, to just observe and learn and, and get the rest of his body was thumb-healed um, healthy, really helped. And, I mean, he played phenomenally down the stretch and um, never, he, you know, he's never afraid of the moment. Um, you know, he had a signature block at the field house, um, at the rim on LeBron James, which, um, you know, no one, <laughs> no one who saw that game or was in the arena at the time will ever forget that. Um, you know, it was just out of the blue. He just stone stuffed him right at the rim. Um, and he's took some big shots, had hit a big shot in Oklahoma city. Um, in, a, in a road win, uh, you know, he's always willing to step up and, and you know, you hear the guy talk and, and he's just so, um, so sharp and a guy that the local, the core fan base is really, really falling in love with. And like you say, um, I think because, you know, his, his production, you know, there, there really weren't numbers to lean on because he didn't play as much last year. And unless you really saw him play, you wouldn't know, you know, the kind of impact he could have um, and actually did have as a rookie. So, you know, he, he's still a hidden, hidden gem. I mean, people know the name, but I, I'm sure a lot of people really haven't seen him and understand what he can do. So um, he's going to be he's going to be put in the limelight this year, though. And um, I think, again, it's, it's nice that he has those veterans around him that he can lean on because uh, he's surely going to need it at some point. Yeah. Um, so last year at the end of the season, you ended up finishing 45-37. Uh, the Pacers are back in the playoffs. They pushed the Raptors to seven games. Uh, very encouraging. But then you let Frank Vogel go, who I think has really proven himself to be a great coach. Um, how much do you think the Pacers are going to miss his – his style. Yeah, that was a, uh, you know, it was surprising. And looking back on, on the situation in last season and, and moving forward, um, it makes a little more sense. You know, Frank was a, one of his great attributes as a coach is, is game planning. I mean, that's how he cut his teeth. That's how he got into the league with Patino it was literally just cutting film and, and help him put together game plans. And he always was, you know, one thing those Pacers teams uh, under him were always great at doing was challenging better teams and finding a way to compete and often beat um, better teams. And a lot of times they struggled when they had an advantage um, or, or when they had a little cushion. Uh, for some reason, there was a, the kind of a motivation thing they're missing. Um, and I think a little bit of that, which is really no fall of Frank's and it, it, something that won't follow him now, but um, several, you know, several players on the team and most importantly, Paul George, you know, had Frank as an assistant coach who was a real raw, raw guy as an assistant, kept him motivated, kept pushing him. And when he took over the top job, you know, it was kind of like your favorite substitute teacher taking over. Um, and I, I think there was a, a little bit of a, um, not a, not a, a discipline, but there, 
it was hard for Frank to get that edge over some of those players. Um, and I think the same goes with George Hill leaving. Um, it kind of frees up Paul George to be the actual leader. He doesn't have Frank and George anymore. And that, that dynamic where, um, you know, who's going to hold everyone accountable? Who's going to demand um, demand more from everyone when, when they're not getting the job done? Um, I think Paul had a, a tough time assuming that leadership role um, with, with George and then um, with Frank. So now those uh, training wheels are off and, and um, we'll see what, what happens with Nate McMillan? I think they'll probably play pretty similar uh, under Nate. Um, but um, as, as far as Frank leaving, he's definitely a great coach. He doesn't have to worry about having that head coach, assistant coach dynamic in Orlando. Um, so um, yeah, I'm sure he's going to do great down there. But I, I just think that in the same way, all those players from those. Eastern Conference Finals teams rolled out of town. Um, it was just time for a change in, in the direction at the top. So, um, and, and the only way to do that is move the coach. And, and Tom, kind of going over the free agency and, and the Vogel firing with the McMillan hiring and everything, Nate McMillan had a lot of success out in Portland. Uh, do you think that Al Jefferson's going to kind of help recreate some of that success. Like, what are you expecting of Al Jefferson, Jeff Teague, Nate McMillan? Like, what's this Pacers team kind of going to look like, identity-wise? Well, you know, it, it is, again, like they and Nate himself has been um, saying that they want to, you know, they still want to run um, and play up-tempo, um, space the floor. And, and, again, though, they don't have – you know, a lot of three-point shooters that are reliable. They have a lot of streaky ones, uh, but that's not going to help a lot. But I do think they're going to be, um, they're still going to rely on defense. Now, they've rolled a lot of guys out, um, and, and the guys they brought in don't have as as good of a defensive um, identity as those guys. Uh, but it, the, the Pacers teams that have been great on defense it's always been a team system. So um, when you have a guy like Paul George, who's a, who's a monster on the defensive end, anchoring things, um, and then Miles Turner is a great rim protector, um, it, it's a matter of other guys fitting in and learning how to play that team defensive style. So um, they're going to be using that the defense to create their speed, to create opportunities to run, and create easy baskets. So um, it's not necessarily where they're going to try and be emulating a team like, you know, Golden State um, and, and spreading the floor and shooting a lot of threes. Uh, but I, I don't – I'd be surprised if, if um, they look very similar to what the McMillan, McMillan teams looked like in, um, in Portland and Seattle. It's just uh, a personnel issue. Um, as, as for Al Jefferson – um, he's going to be a uh, reserve big man, and uh, the, he, along with a few other guys on his roster, allow uh, for flexibility in the way they, they play. So um, if, if they have an advantage in slowing down a little bit and letting Al abuse people um, in the post, then um, I'm sure they'll be 
be leaning on that heavily. Uh, he he's also he's already um, taken to mentoring Miles Turner and and playing that role with him as well, and and will also give Turner a chance sometimes to play a, a fourth if they want to add some size. So um, the parts they do have it again, they don't, the outside shooting. <laughs> As I've mentioned, is it three or four times now? It is a concern, <laughs> um, but uh, they seem to have a lot of flexibility to play uh, to mix and match some some playing rotations uh, and and have some success other ways. So, Tom, uh, we've mentioned you know the moves this team has made this offseason. They've been great, uh, getting Al Jeff, getting Jeff Teague. Um, you mentioned some of the players here and there. I think what I'm really impressed with the Pacers more than what they've had to their starting lineup is they've really started to build a really good bench. Um, you mentioned bringing in Aaron Brooks from Chicago, who, I um, mean, had some pretty good days in Chicago. wasn't always great there. Um, but you mentioned you know other pieces going in there along with the guys they already have on that bench. What do you expect from those guys six through twelve when there's when it's their number to be when their number gets called? Yeah, I, I'm. The bench has has been really a, a struggle the past couple of years, um, and I, I think now they have some options. They they have a couple of young guys uh, in Glenn Robinson the third, and even Joe Young, who I'm sure they would like to get some minutes, and and especially with with Robinson, I think he he'll um, get more opportunities than than Joe Young may. Um, but but then you have. Um, as I said, uh, Jefferson, um, Aaron Brooks, and Lavoie Allen, and um, Rodney Stuckey. There really isn't <laughs> there isn't a lot of room for um, you know Robinson and or Young. Um, there isn't a room for all those guys. Uh, you know Lavoie Allen at this point, I would think, would be the odd man out in, in the uh, in the uh, big man rotation. Um, and, and even Rodney Stuckey, um, depending upon how uh, things are going, maybe the odd man out. I also forgot C.J. Miles. Um, he's a guy who they hope can bring that perimeter shooting. Um, he's proven to be really streaky, um, although his season last year was um, very jacked up, lack of a better word, because um, of their – their efforts to go small and, and Paul George Bakken at playing the four. Um, and, and he, you know, courageously said he'd do it and did, and then got beat to hell. And, um, and, um, his shooting for most of the season was, was, uh, not what you would expect. Um, so he'll, he'll be a guy that, that will be coming off the bench. He's expecting to, to put up shots. He and Stucky probably, being those wing guys, and then you got Brooks um, and Al Jefferson. You know that's nine right there. So that's the good thing about that group is again, it's a veteran group. They're they're kind of pros, pros um, who who know how to play the game. And and um, you know, times that they may have to dip into the shadows and not play as much. But um, I think again, you know, with the league and injuries and and playing a hot hand and all that, I think. There'll be more than enough opportunities for everybody to play. So um, we kind of talk a little bit about, and one of the things I really appreciate we talk about on this show is like the teams that are that are very willing to show like nostalgia, go back to the past, do different things, and the Pacers do a really good job of that. And you're seeing a lot of specifically since Larry Bird kind of took over. Um, 
so the past couple of years, the Pacers have had um, different uniforms they brought back, whether it be the old early 2000s pinstripes when they went to the finals. Uh, last year, I think they brought uh, a couple of years ago they brought back the old early 90s Reggie Miller jersey, and then of course um, it wasn't too long ago they brought the Hickory jerseys out from the from the great movie Hoosiers. So Tom, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What is your favorite Pacers throwback jersey? Oh, yeah, you know, I love the Flojos. Um, <laughs> um, the, I don't know why, you know, it's funny because those are <laughs> those are a source of great debate. I think people either love them or they hate them. Um, I also like um, the early 70s uh, uh, ABA jerseys with uh, yeah. the blue piping. The blue piping, they wore those. Yeah. It's been a few years since they wore those, but... Um, those and the Flojos are probably my favorites. That's for sure. So you you talked a lot about how the Pacers need three point shooting, or I think you at least mentioned it once. Uh, <laughs> so superstars notwithstanding, if you could realistically add a player to to beef up this Pacers roster and bolster up the you know their depth and everything, who would you want to see in a Pacers uniform this season? Um. You mean aside from Kevin Durant? Uh, <laughs> Superstars notwithstanding. We, we got rules. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, you know, it, it's funny because there's been a lot of grumbling about a guy like Rudy Gay, um, who, before, you know, earlier this week he mentioned that he didn't want to go back to Sacramento, and, and earlier in the summer there were some rumors that the Pacers were trying to get him. I know that they are um, – they wouldn't mind getting him if they could move uh, some some version of Monte and or uh, Rodney Stuckey. Um, that would really kind of change the dynamic. Um, having Gay, who's kind of a, a lot like Paul George, um, essentially, but um, a guy who can who can fill it up, and and they need the scoring. Uh, he wouldn't necessarily be a, a three point spot-up threat, um, but um, and, and really the fit would be kind of odd, but that's a guy that is on the radar. Um, another, I mean, you know, a guy like, I don't know, a spot-up guy like J.J. Redick or, you know, Chris Middleton is a guy who just got injured, um, but um, that type of a wing player who uh, can, can help carry the offensive load because, you know, one thing with Paul George, he – he loves offense. <laughs> he's not turning down shots, but he's so key on defense and, and gives so much effort on defense um, that having having a, a guy like that who can just spot up and, and help fill up points from the outside um, and, and support the offense um, is really, really key. I mean, uh, it'd be great if C.J. Miles could almost play that role and, and allow Monte Ellis to come off the bench. Um, although I don't know if Monte would allow Monte to come off the bench, but, um, uh, you know, it, it, I guess it's that, that wing player, that shooter is, is something the Pacers need. So before I pass the, uh, the, the speaking stick back to Tim here, I'm going to hand it off to you to give <laughs> us one more, one bold prediction for the Pacers season this year. One bold prediction. the, Pacers, hmm, this is uh, interesting. I'm, I'm 
landing on uh, Miles Turner, actually something I've uh, kind of been looking at, but um, there have been uh, about 10 players at age 20 to uh, average over 15 points and eight rebounds a game, 10 or 11 guys. And I am, my prediction is he will add his name to that list of averaging over over 15 points and over eight rebounds a game. And that would push the Pacers into a very nice spot in the East. So, Tom, the last right. question of this season preview, and we really appreciate your time. Um, it, this is really important. I mean, we have to know this. Which former Pacer... <laughs> I'm bracing. Which former Pacer was more enjoyable on Parks and Recreation, Detlef Shrimp or Roy Hibbert? Oh, Detlef Shrimp. <laughs> There's no doubt. <laughs> By far my favorite episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, he's understated, as always, and, um, and can uh, deliver a line you know, with a little accent, and you, you can't beat Detlef. Although, you know, you got to appreciate Roy's enthusiasm. Yeah. I saw he was on um, he was yes. on the Ringers NBA show recently, and he was talking about he still gets, like, 10-cent checks from his time frame on that show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love those residuals. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Todd, with that being said, man, we've really enjoyed you giving us some insight on the Pacers. We had a lot of fun with this. Um, I want to go ahead and give you the floor again if you want to shout out your website, if you want to shout out your Twitter account, anything where people can talk Pacers basketball with you this year. The floor is yours, man. All right, thanks. Yeah, uh, com is a, is a website, and um, we're starting to wrap up. Me- Media Day is on Monday. We'll have full coverage uh, from the field house. And uh, Twitter is at IndyCornrows, and Facebook is Facebook.com slash IndyCornrows. So um, uh, staying active on all those and, and love to hear hear ideas and questions and and grumbling as usually happens at some point <laughs> here so um but honestly on the website we have a great community of of um Pacers fans who um come in for games and and with game threads and, and a lot of great comments and, and great conversation about about the team so um everybody come on and join us so we are right outside we're we're two hours away we're in cincy if we come in okay. town, can we hit you up for a beer? Oh, absolutely. Awesome. That's all it's important. <laughs> all up. Awesome. Well, Tom, thanks again, man. Really looking forward to the Pacers, and thank you again for your time tonight. All right. Thanks, guys. Right. Take care, man. Thanks, Bye-bye. Tom. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.